Hello and welcome to the You're an Asset podcast. I'm your host, Casey the Dollar. And on this podcast, we find out who is an asset in the financial industry and who is just an ass. Thank you guys so much for your patience while we get this next episode out to you guys. It has been about three weeks since we posted an episode, and some of you may already know why, because I was sent a cease and desist letter a couple weeks ago from a fellow insurance TikTok creator who didn't want me to post this episode, but here we are. We're posting the episode anyway. We just had to take a step back and make sure that we were extremely mindful and factual about everything we decided to say. Now, this is going to be the last episode of season one. You'll have to hang tight. We're going to be back in a couple months. But to be honest, I need a break. We're running a business, working with clients, posting on social media, running a podcast, and we have multiple very exciting things coming up in the near future. So we're just taking a little break and we'll be back sometime in October. Keep up with us so that you know when the podcast will be coming out. But I want to take this time um, to talk a little bit about what we've done on the show so far. Now, of course, we've called out plenty of asses and we've also given some people spotlight to be an asset. Um, We spend a lot of time on this season one of the podcast getting to know each other. You guys getting to know me. We do what we do here at Power 3 Financial because we really care. And I wanted that to come through, which is why we had on assets like Ryan Stockbridge, who's one of the agents at Power 3 Financial, and McCall Marshall, who's also an agent at Power 3 Financial. I wanted you guys to get to know them so that you could understand more about who we are and who you will be working with if you do reach out to us. And of course, I gave Power 3 Financial the spotlight, to prove that you guys um, can use us as a resource for wanting to find out any more information about insurance in general, cash value life insurance, term insurance, whole life insurance, fixed indexed annuities. And we went deep into how they work as far as the tax advantages, the loans, the guidelines. Um, We talked about how not to set up a policy. We also had on... M&M Wealth Associates as an asset earlier in the show. Um, And on the other end, we talked about a lot of asses, of course. We called out Curtis Ray multiple times and his MPI product, mostly because I wish that Curtis Ray would be a bit more transparent about his product and how it works. We called out Jeremy Schneider, Personal Finance Club, The Motley Fool, who's also a financial advisor. We called out Primerica and... In its entirety, we called out so many Primerica agents. We called out Dave Ramsey and his buy term, invest the rest concept that just really is not that great anymore these days. And the IUL was supposed to replace it. We've done a lot in 16 episodes and we're going to continue to do a lot. We're going to continue to expose people online who are not being truthful with their content. Even before deciding to do the podcast and doing that first episode, 
I've been very particular about who could be on the show, why they're on the show, what we're going to talk about on the show, which is why we haven't had so many guests that are outside of Power 3 Financial this season. Next season is going to be a different story. But I was very particular because I want to make sure that whoever I give a spotlight to deserves it. And you think you know people and then you find out you don't. And that's okay. It is hard to know who else is being honest. Um, and so we've just been very particular about who gets to come on the show because I do, I do think that our reputation is pretty strong and we, we set up policies with your best interest in mind. So naturally, I don't want anyone else to benefit from this platform who doesn't really deserve it. I can't tell you guys how serious I am when I say that I want to change this industry. I think the industry is seriously lacking transparency, which we know that. And I had no idea that, that when I got my life insurance license that my entire life was going to change. I had no idea that three years ago getting on TikTok because I thought the IUL was such a cool product would turn into a full-blown company and a podcast um, three years later. When I first found out about IULs, I was blown away by the product itself, of course. The tax advantages, the market protection, the ability to borrow your money during your lifetime. I was ex extremely intrigued. And the insurance industry itself was intriguing because of the fact that I could work on my own time. And I was really looking for something like that, an opportunity that would allow me to have more freedom and allow me to be at home with my dog, if we're being honest. But what's kept me around, selling insurance is not something that I am so passionate about. But telling people the truth and educating people transparently and stopping people from spreading false information, that I am passionate about. That makes me want to get up out of bed every single morning. The fact that there are people who need us to do what we do so that they can feel confident in where they're putting their money and how they're protecting themselves and their family and even their business. I've always been a helper. Um, and there's this famous quote that I, I think Mel Robbins uses it a lot. And she says, no one is coming. No one is coming. No one's coming to make sure that you take care of your clients correctly. No one's coming to make sure that you run your business effectively. No one's coming to train your employees. No one's coming to put food on the table. No one's coming to clean your house. No one's coming to take care of your kids. The only person coming to help you is you. Uh, and I know that that is not a unique feeling to not have anybody coming to save you and that there's not this safety net person or bucket of money that you can fall back on. So when I think about the idea that people are being screwed over by financial advisors or insurance agents who are supposed to be looking out for their clients because they're the ones that have the information and the knowledge and the power to do right by other people, it infuriates me. I truly am so angry that people take advantage of other people when it comes to their money. There's nothing you can really do to explain it away or make it right when you're a greedy 
insurance salesman or greedy financial advisor. And so I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. Power 3 Financial is not going to stop doing what we're doing. We're going to continue to be on the right side of history. We're going to continue to be on the right side of the internet by exposing people that are flat out lying, um, misleading, only doing what's best for themselves. I'm going to keep exposing them. We're going to keep doing everything in our power to figure out who those people are and to let you know about them so that you don't end up in a situation where you've lost money or wasted money or have to cancel a policy you got because it was never set up correctly to begin with. I think that's important work, and I'm I'm not going to stop, like you said. So lying, being dishonest, not something I like. And I'm also a very bad liar myself. I wear all my emotions on my face. <laughs> if I tried to lie, you would know. Another part of who I am is that I actually despise confrontation. Meanwhile, my entire podcast is about confrontation. I have been sweating. I'm sweat. I've been sweating for two weeks. I started sweating more profusely in the last five minutes or so. But I know that certain types of confrontation is worthwhile because it matters to people like you that are listening. I've built this entire platform and following based on the truth, based on being honest. You guys know that. And here I am, three years since all of this started, and no one is going to stop me from being honest. That is what we stand for. That's what we have stood for. And it's what we'll continue to stand for. So what I want to tell you is the facts. Fact number one, somebody on TikTok and Instagram who claims that they set policies up with the minimum death benefit to be able to max fund them is not doing that. So I would like to show you what a max funded IUL looks like. The policy that we're going to compare right now is for a 31-year-old male, standard health, and they are contributing $2,000 a month for a total of $24,000 a year. When you set up a policy, minimum death benefit, max accumulation, the minimum death benefit for a 31-year-old contributing $24,000 a year is $405,000. This same policy with a $405,000 death benefit has a max contribution limit per year of $24,000 exactly. That is the max contribution amount that would be allowed into this policy. The policy has a minimum contribution per year, also called the target premium, of $5,700. So this person would have the flexibility to contribute between $5,700 and $24,000. They have flexibility within their policy to lower or increase their premium up to the $24,000 mark. So if they continue with their $2,000 a month, they're fully funding their policy. They can't even put a penny more into the policy. That would be a max-funded design. Now, just for fun, let's look at the accumulation in the policy on year one, year 10, and then the income that would come up, come out of the policy if it was designed correctly with min-max. After year one, the client would have contributed $24,000 and they would have a liquid cash value of $12,900. By year 10, they would have contributed $240,000 
and they would have a liquid cash value of $261,000. By age 65, time for retirement, the client has a cash value of $2.1 million, and the client is able to turn that into an annual $192,000 tax-free income for the rest of their life. The total contribution on the policy was $816,000. That policy is incredible, and it is fully funded with the minimum death benefit. Fact number two, three different people have reached out to me because they had concerns about their policies that have a million-dollar death benefit. Here's how one of those policies was set up. 31-year-old male, standard health, $2,000 a month for a total of $24,000 a year. The max contribution in this policy that has a million dollars of death benefit is $62,559. That's their max contribution amount. Their minimum or target premium is $13,910. So now, same amount of money, $24,000 a year, but in this policy, the client can only go down to 13,000, but they can go up to 62,000. If you ask me, that is not a max funded policy, not anywhere close. They could put over $38,000 more per year into their policy. It is more than double what they were wanting to contribute. Let's look at the first year accumulation and the income to compare. On year one, Client has contributed $24,000. Their liquid cash value is $0. And the income on this policy results in a $136,000 annual tax-free income, which is not a small amount of money. That's a great amount of money. However, it's about $60,000 less per year. You tell me, do you want more death benefit or more income? I'm pretty sure the majority of people are going to say they want more income when you could just get a term policy to supplement coverage if you really wanted the extra death benefit. Just my opinion. The differences between these two policies are drastic. There's not really much else to say. The numbers speak for themselves. Numbers don't lie. Yeah. Numbers don't lie. This policy will not give the same results as the policy with the lower death benefit. If you remember the illustration that we looked at first had a death benefit of $405,000, whereas the client who got this policy had a death benefit of a million dollars. That's $600,000 of extra death benefit that was not necessary for the client. Fact number three, all three of the policies I reviewed, the clients were not max funding them. Now, the agent who set up these policies for all three of the clients often goes on social media and says things like this. Do you have to max fund an IUL? No, of course not. But however, it would behoove you to do so. They have even gone so far as to say this. Yeah, and he said to get the minimum death benefit to reduce the costs and fees and max fund my policy so I can get the most gross accumulation. Fact number four. I had no idea who the agent was before I reviewed the policies. And fact number five. I review policies that are in force constantly for people who reach out 
And regardless of who the agent is, if the policy is not set up the way that the client wanted it to be, I let them know that. If a policy is set up correctly, I would never change it. I would never recommend that the client get a different policy just so that I could set it up. And nobody from Power3 Financial would do that either. If your policy is not set up correctly, we're going to tell you. If your policy is set up perfectly fine, we're going to tell you to keep it the way that it is and not change it. Let's let's call McCall and ask her what she would do. What's up, Buttercup? <laughs> hey, McCall. Quick question for you. Okay. If you had a complimentary policy review for a client and the policy was set up perfectly, would you recommend that the client change the policy at all? No. Good. Like if they're like max funding's minimum death benefit? Yep. Yeah, no. I mean, if it's a, if it's a properly structured IUL, then you keep the properly structured IUL. Exactly. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. Thanks, McCall. Yep, anytime. <laughs> now, I am upset because I trusted this person. I gave them a a spotlight on the podcast. They were on for an episode. The episode has been removed, but let's just take a little look back at a clip from that podcast. How can how can someone make sure that their agent isn't screwing them and just getting a big commission? You want to make sure you're asking your agent the right questions. Uh, what is the minimum death benefit that I can get with this premium? What is the maximum premium I could put in for a million dollar policy? Because some people, they, they, I have clients that are putting away $50,000 a month mm -hmm. into an IUL. Yeah. And, you know, if we were to want to make a really fat commission check, oh, man. right, it would be really nice. Oh, man. But we want to go with the minimum death benefit. He's said other things, such as an increasing policy will have typically a smaller death benefit so that way you can max fund the policy while minimizing the costs and the fees, mm -hmm. right? Also minimizing the commission to the agent. Do any of the clips that were previously shown reflect what was done with the client's policy that we also looked at? Maybe I plead, I plead the fifth. Needless to say that all of Power 3 Financial was... Like I said, I mean, the word that comes to mind is betrayed. When you trust somebody and take their word for what it is and you find out that maybe their word wasn't so good, it it stings. When you see somebody talk about the insurance world the way that we talk about it and you find out with literal proof that they're not being 100% honest, it hurts. It hurts bad. Um, and as you know, I'm not entitled to say much else. And there's no need to, because what we've already discussed is that we will not stop exposing people. Let this be a warning to other insurance agents that if you say that you set up policies min-max and I find out that you don't, You'll get a place on the podcast, but I don't, but I'm not sure you want it. And I'm going to switch gears because this is all too depressing, honestly. I mentioned for a second that there were some exciting things that we're working on. One of those exciting things that will be coming out soon is I am releasing a book. It's a short ebook, but it's all about the IUL, things you need to know. 
to to kind of get you started on understanding an index universal life insurance policy more thoroughly. And I cannot wait to start promoting it and offering it to you guys. We're also going to release a seminar, so you can look out for that as well. Of course, season two of You're an Asset will be coming out in sometime in October. And one other possibly exciting thing is at this very moment in real time, it is, you know, it's one o'clock Pacific time on a Thursday, August 17th. Is that the day? Is that today? And Power 3 Financial is actually looking to add licensed agents to our team. We are Again, very particular about who we add to the team, but we are looking for another team member, maybe two, who is the right fit to join us and wants to spread the good word about insurance. So if that sounds like it might be you, reach out, send us an email um, and we can discuss it more. But otherwise, thank you guys so much for being patient when we got this episode out. Thank you so much for following along the last several months. Um, with all of the episodes, thank you for the constant support on TikTok, Instagram, and our other social media platforms. If you're not a client yet, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. If you are a client, hi. We appreciate you so much, and we cannot wait to see you for season two. Thanks so much for listening to the You're an Asset podcast. I'm your host, Casey the Dollar. And on this podcast, we find out who is an asset in the financial industry And who is just an ass? I'll see you soon. Bye. The You're an Asset podcast is not giving financial advice. We are not licensed financial advisors, and our licensing is strictly in insurance products. The information that we talk about is specific to the products that we work with. We cannot guarantee that other agents will have the same product features that we discuss on the show.